just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> Maureen, Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. My name's Rob Kay, and my co-host is not in the studio because of the snowstorm that we had in the Northeast of New York City area. So, Callie Alpert, how are you today? Hello, Robbie. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? We can hear you just fine. Okay, great. Yeah, I am um, hunkered down in New Jersey. I had every, because I, I, I love, you know, I, I, I'm always so badly when I'm out of town and I don't have the option to be in the studio. But today, given the weather, I am hunkered down in New Jersey and I was just kind of watching to see if it was going to be doable to get in tonight. And then the snow just started up again. So here we are just with a river between us. How are you guys doing? You're staying warm and Thanks for coming in, by the way, for getting there. Yeah, no, it was no problem. It was a bit of an adventure. Um, I live pretty close to the studio, so it's not a big deal for me to come over here, but it's so slushy outside. It's one of those snows that it sticks to the ground, but it's raining and it's snowing a little, and so there's mounds of slush and piles of snow everywhere in the city. So everybody's sort of climbing over and around trying to get to wherever they need to be. It's actually kind of fun. It's a little adventure today. Yeah, plus New Yorkers are pretty hardy about that kind of thing. You know, I was watching on the news earlier, and everybody was extremely cavalier and fabulous, walking their dogs and skiing around the city and riding their bicycles and whatever else they can do to show off to the world to let them know that they're completely unaffected. (laughs) You know, it's, it's always fun to see. Yeah, and I always like it how there's sort of this common courtesy in the city about walking on the right side and and people passing on the left side. And even in the snow, like, you know, I stepped aside a little so a woman could walk, you know, and it's like everyone shares like whatever little pathway there is. It's this unsaid courtesy with New Yorkers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's always interesting. It's a unique breed, but it's 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 fun. It's always a nice excuse. Plus, I think it's just a nice excuse for people if we know that we can anticipate this type of weather. Yeah. To uh, you know, just to sort of be at home or be with loved ones or force ourselves to be quiet and still, despite whatever plans or appointments we had. So you know, it's nice. Pretty yeah. out. Yeah, it is. And it's like I was leaving my apartment building and my neighbor, um, they have some young daughters and, and there were like um, little plastic round sleds outside their apartment, you know, drying from being over in Central Park, probably sledding. And uh, even as I walk through my apartment complex, it's a bunch of buildings connected by a courtyard and there's all these parents and kids outside playing in the snow. So it's great. You know, the Four Seasons, there's something about it. If you live in Hawaii, that's great. If you live in the Four Seasons, that's great, too. You know, if you live in the Four Seasons Hotel, that's even better. That's even better. Let me, And, you know, that's a great segue, Callie Albert, because I'm feeling kind of successful today. Are you feeling successful? <laughs> Wow, nice segue. You like sure, that? I'm feeling successful, yeah. Yeah. I actually am. I was thinking today how I spent most of my day um, with all of my various spinning plates and different projects and endeavors, but uh, about an hour ago, right before I did a little my daily meditation, I was thinking, 
everything I've done today is something that feels like it's contributing um, toward where I want to go and um, feeding my intention. And so, yes, I would consider that to be a successful day. Yeah. And, you know, considering that we just passed our 75th episode, that always gives me a little boost to self-esteem and feeling pretty successful. I'm glad. Yeah. That works out well. Yeah. I have this thing, just to let everybody know, I have this thing where if I'm talking to Callie sometimes and she's having a, a tough day, or even if I'm having a tough day, I guide her over to our iTunes page or our website for talkradio.myc. And I just say, look at all the episodes we've done. That's success right there. Yes, absolutely. And then so, I make you tell me um, from our analytics exactly how many people, not exactly how many people, but approximately how many people have listened to the show in any given week. Not yes. because I care about the numbers, because you know I don't pay attention to that, yeah. but I care that we are serving people. And so, yes, it's nice to be reminded of that. Yeah, and it's good to see progress. So um, with that, I'm going to introduce our guest. I'm really excited about having her on the show today. Um, today we have Karina Virginia on the show. She's a celebrity wellness and lifestyle expert, as well as a kundalini yoga teacher and motivational speaker. Karina is a writer for the Huffington Post, and her new book, available on Amazon and major bookstores, is called Essential Kundalini Yoga. Welcome to the show, Karina. Thank you. It's lovely being here with both of you and everybody listening. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. I love snow days. I find the snow gives me the perfect excuse to let go, kind of surrender. And um, so I'm happy. I'm happy looking out the window and seeing these snowflakes still coming down. And my kids have a delayed opening again tomorrow morning, and that makes me super happy because <laughs> that makes the morning so much easier. <laughs> so I'm good. Right. Any morning where you can sleep in and I a little... You can know that already about tomorrow. It just buys you a little more time. I have to say, too, sometimes I just want to say to our listeners, because Karina and I are both calling in tonight, sometimes there's a few little delays or technical glitches, so our rhythm might sound a little different to everybody tonight, so it's just um, a little, little disclaimer. But I wanted to say that I'm so happy that you're joining us, and um, just to give some, you know, everybody some context, Karina and I have had the pleasure of being brought together by um, another outside uh, mutual interest that we're working with called Conscious Good, which is a digital platform that also, like Talk Radio NYC, has the intention of inspiring, educating, helping people with um, their aspirations, their spiritual evolution, um, and really just trying to serve people in the way of light. And so um, I want to just give a shout out to Conscious Good right off the bat, because that's how you and I know each other, and I'm just so happy that we have formed a uh, friendship and, and a working relationship, and it's so nice to have you on our show. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad that you did that because I love Conscious Good, too. So wonderful. And it's wonderful to be here. Truly, I mean that. This is um, feels like kind of hanging out in the living room together. So um, thank you for having me. Exactly. That's what we try and do. We're just hanging out, having a conversation. So again, welcome to the show, Karina. It's so great to have you on tonight. Um, you know, I, we've never met, but I was looking at your website. I watched your video on yoga, which I'm thinking about starting. I'm thinking about graduating mm -hmm. a little out of the gym and starting yoga and you were inspiring me. And I can see that you're so spiritual. I mean, wise and kind and 
you're a beautiful woman. So you know what my first question is going to be, which is, do you have any sisters who are single? (laughs) (laughs) I have a beautiful sister, but she is married. She is married, but that's very sweet. All right. All right. Well, yeah, marriage is where I draw the line, but thanks anyway. Yeah, but, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But maybe maybe you can keep me in mind. Sounds good. Okay, okay, definitely. Sounds very good. Will yeah, do. Yeah, no, but your your stuff is great, and, and just the whole vibe of what you're doing, it's so wonderful to meet you. And tonight, everybody, we're going to talk about fear of success and fear of failure, and how it's sort of the same thing and maybe challenges with it, how we can overcome it and eventually experience the life that we really want and the success that we truly want. So I think just to start out, Karina, maybe you can give us a little bit of background, like how you got into wellness coaching. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I was always a very spiritual child, and I never really fit in. (laughs) I tried to, and then I I really found that by creating certain boxes around who I really was, I was able to fit in. And we all want so much to be part of. So I compromised a lot of who I was and a lot of the incredible spiritual experiences that I had. Um, And I had a pretty normal high school experience besides feeling that, that longing for more in terms of spirituality. So when I went to college, I became an acting major and found that that was a great way for me to express my creativity and went to college up in Ithaca, New York, which at the time was already very progressive. So I got right into meditation and yoga at 18 and started eating a vegetarian diet and met my friends. A lot were from Berkeley, California, so you can imagine, you know, being in the, you know, suburbs of New Jersey and having, um, I'm sorry, the suburbs of New York and having two European parents who moved to New York and then to New Jersey to have kids. It was pretty different. So um, I became an actress after college and I moved into New York City and I found that I was really missing that tribe that I had up in Ithaca. But I was finding my own tribe in New York in my own way, but then I found myself getting back into that place of, oh, I'll just compromise myself to fit in. And did it for a few years. And what I found was that in order for me to truly find my tribe, I had to go into that place of being super spiritual. Otherwise, there were friendships and companionships, but I had to go into that place of my raw truth. And whenever I went there, I found that I was helping people. And I'd find at the end of the day, no matter what I was doing, even if I was, you know, on a soap opera, no matter what it was that I was doing, what truly brought me fulfillment was waiting for an audition, for example, and helping counseling someone through something in life. And that's when I realized that being a very spiritual coach and helping people heal was my destiny. So that's how it all came about. When you started on that path, did you feel like you could still work with the the first career trajectory, the performing and the acting, or was one 
sort of replacing the other one. So in the beginning I did, and then a lot of the work that I was getting was in Los Angeles, and I was, I was even though I studied stage acting, I ended up finding that a lot of the jobs were television. Um, and the idea of leaving my family and going to Hollywood was so difficult. And so I went out for a little bit, and when I got there, even though I met amazing people, the longing that I felt for my family and for my roots, um, and and also even even for the the museums and the the, the concrete of New York City, um, because I'm such an empath and because I can feel things so deeply, that longing overtook me, and I just recognized that I had to make a big choice, and it was very very frightening. And it was even at that time in my 20s that I realized what it meant to be afraid of being successful and what it also meant to be afraid of of failing because I was recognizing that I was possibly sabotaging something out of fear of being successful and of not fitting in anymore. And I had to really work through that. Um, and then was I going back to what was familiar by coming back to the New York area, or was it a true longing? So it, it was pretty early on that I discovered a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. That's great. That's great. And I can tell just from what you've said, you're already a member of the radio tribe. So we're going to go to break and we will be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Robin Callie Show. Tonight, we're talking about fear of success, fear of failure. We have our guest on tonight, wellness, celebrity wellness coach, Karina Virginia. And um, yeah, so let's get right into the topic, y'all. I know, I think the both of you were talking about this, how fear of success and fear of failure are kind of the same thing. So Callie, you want to open up the topic a little? Yeah, well, I wanted to kind of coming out of um, out of our first segment. I'd love to hear Karina from you. Um, you know what? When your first relationship came um, with the word success and failure, were they things that you were conscious of as you were starting to aspire in new different career paths, or was it just something that you sort of knew intuitively? Uh, I understood success and failure from my high school days, and um, I I think being raised with a father who came from Rome, Italy, with nothing, um, and wanted so much to provide for his family, taught us how success was about... Um, you know, it wasn't enough for him to really put food on the table for us. He had to overcompensate. So his form of success was to be really extraordinary. And he worked really hard to be that extraordinary man because he recognized that he had to, you know, he, he had a very strong Italian accent. He didn't speak proper English. And he had to really overcompensate in order to blend us all into the into the community that we were living in. And my mom from England, um, she's very proper. She also has an accent. And there were 
definitely high expectations of us using proper manners as, you know, living in America where she was raised with these these manners of England to go back to England was don't show England, you know, that your elbows are on the table. So we had a lot of expectations on us. Um, but when I look back at it, they weren't the expectations of success is being happy. It was sort of an overcompensation. And um, so I recognized that when when I was in high school and I saw a lot of my friends that just kind of were say la vie, and I thought, wow, they're, they're fine, and I'm so hard on myself. Um, but then if I am not overcompensating to a certain extent, then am I going to be a failure? And then if I'm a failure, am I going to be rejected. But then again, I find that when I'm very successful, say something happens for me when I'm 18, and all of a sudden I'm rejected anyway, because, oh, we don't like that flashlight on us. That's just showing us what we're not doing, right? Mm -hmm. That it was the same rejection. So I learned it very early on and have um, struggled with it probably for over half of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, well, you're in good company because Callie and I have this discussion on and off, you know, just even relating to our show. Our show is an exercise in getting bigger and being in the spotlight and getting more comfortable being successful in this way. So um, you're, you're definitely in good company. I, but I'm really interested in this idea because I I'd never heard it before. Karina, maybe you can talk about the idea that fear of success and fear of failure really come from the same place. Mm-hmm, Yeah. So I discovered this when I was meditating in my 20s, and I went into a very deep meditation. And what I observed was that in the heavenly realm, where I believe angels reside, thousands of them are with us right at this moment, everyone's holding hands, and everybody's flying around together in this unit. You know, we hear the expression often, we are one. Well, it truly is, there is that oneness in the higher realms, the higher dimensions, heaven, um, for example. But when we come to earth, we have to let go of those hands. And then we come to earth, and we're told, don't worry, we're going to let go, and we're going to go into a womb, And we're going to be birthed into the earth realm, but we'll meet each other again there. But we don't understand the ego when we come in. And all of a sudden we come into this earth realm and we see that things are totally different. And there's anger, there's fear, there's jealousy, there's resentment, there's strife, there's um, abuse, etc., etc. And so we're just grasping for survival. And all we long for is to be in that place where we're holding hands again, flying through the ethers. And when this came to me, I realized that I had such a fear of being rejected. And I had such a fear of failure. And the fear of being rejected and the fear of failure were the same thing as the fear of being rejected and the fear of success. Because every time something happened to me that brought me closer to what I considered success in my life, there was also rejection. And I 
recognize that even being extraordinary creates rejection. And we don't talk about this enough, you know, even as adults, how we are so afraid of, of shining so brightly because, like I said before, when you shine, you put a flashlight out. Now, really, that light gives other people permission to shine as well. But because of the conditioning of jealousy and com- competition and all these things that we learn from a young age, the ego doesn't allow the human to say, this is fabulous, this is beautiful, this is magical. I'm coming right over here with you, and yes. Now, of course, we do have people in our lives that, that are our biggest supporters, and we do have a, a great support system. But we forget as human beings to focus on the support. And if we have 10 people supporting us and one person bad-mouthing us, we focus on the one person who's bad-mouthing us. That's the human nature. Because in heaven, not, there is not one person that does that everybody's supporting us. So there is a longing to be part of, and the survival, the longing to be part of, that survival instinct is, you know, we even do see it. Mother Nature shows us everything anyway. We do see it with animals, right? And we do see it that if an animal loses its tribe, um, it that animal might not live that animal because they all work together right yeah. in the family in the tribe of the animals mm-hmm. so it's an instinct to I need to stay with my tribe in order to make sure that I'm eating in order to make sure that I can survive yeah you know this is it's such an interesting analogy and you say it so beautifully and it's such an important um, perspective I think to share with everybody, you know, because um, when I think of fear of success and fear of failure, traditionally or just how it's resonated with me over the years, often I think of um, whenever I've had a fear of failure, it's of being, um, of not being up to par <clears throat> or of, it's not, a, the, the, the idea of rejection or not being a part of it's not conscious. I know you're not suggesting that it is, um, you know, when it's from that source. But, you know, mm-hmm. I've often thought of it as more of a, um, like a concern that I'm, I'm going to be lesser than or a concern that I won't be able to achieve it or I won't be able to do it well. Sometimes it comes from a place of insecurity or a place of, I think for some people, perhaps um, a lack of uh, de- deservingness, you know. So do those play a part or do you look at these as all kind of separate causes for fear of failure and fear of success? It's, it's all part of the fear of not fitting in because even our feeling of not being worthy or our feeling of insecurity, what do we feel we're not worthy of? If we go really deep, like, for example, say I was counseling you privately, Callie, right now, I would ask you a few questions and we would get you to a point where you would recognize that what you're really afraid of is something that has to do with true survival. But we create all these other ideas, you know, yeah, I'm afraid that I'm not good enough, of course, but why, what's wrong with not being good enough? What would be so awful about, say me, Karina, right? What would be so awful about me getting on this call with you and just saying something so stupid and just having the most awful radio interview right now <laughs> that 
it was terrible, and why would that matter? Why would that matter to me? What I'd, I'd want to say is it would matter to me only because my intention is to serve the world, and I didn't serve the world the best that I could, right? And that is the higher self that does want that. But why is my intention to serve the world? Why do I have a calling to serve the world? Because I was born with that as my destiny. I was born with that seed planted inside of me, so I have to let that seed blossom. But now, what is going on in my lack of, of own, my own insecurity about it and my own feeling of I am not even worthy of being on an interview show? Look, I failed. I was terrible. They could have had so many other people talking about the subject. I was just rattling on and on and on. All of that, when we get down to the nitty-gritty of it, is nobody's going to include me anymore. No one's going to invite me back anymore. How am I even going to get my message out? And how am I even going to say these things that I need to say? I can't live if I'm not living my destiny. You know, for example, this is my destiny to be someone who helps others heal. But an artist who's a painter, they have to paint, right? And part of it is, yes, it's their creation, but the other part of it is, that in order to be part of something, they were born as an artist. And in order to be part of something, their soul knows that their mission is their art. A musician has to write music and play music. Yes, to serve the world, but why? What is the purpose behind that? And why does a, an artist get so depressed when they're not utilizing their art? Well, and I, I think it's it so goes... much bigger than it, it's because the seed inside of us must grow. It's our destiny. It's the way the divine brought us here to operate. And when it doesn't, and when it's stagnant, we feel like we're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And that seed is dying, and dying to us from the from the ego mind means being alone. Now, if we were to surpass that, then we wouldn't even be afraid of dying because the soul knows, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to go out and hold hands with all those angels again. That's where I'm really going to be united. So my feeling on all of this is why can't we all transcend the fear of success and transcend the fear of rejection or not being good enough or not being, being part of by failing, right? by recognizing that what is truly real is that group, that oneness of the angelic holding hands. And the only reason we can't see it is because it moves so fast. It's a frequency that's too quickly, too quick for us to see with the physical eyes or to hear with the physical ears because high frequencies move so quickly. So we only see slower frequencies like human beings, furniture, house, you know, even trees. Those are not the same frequencies as the angelic. But really, the angelic is just as real, if not more real, because the angelic is infinite and eternal. Right, right. So, Karina, with that, we're going to go to break. It's such a great segue, because when we come back, we're going to talk about challenges. And, and who couldn't use some angels to help us with challenges about fear of success and fear of failure? We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Robin Kelly Show. Tonight, we're talking about fear of success, fear of failure. Our guest is celebrity wellness coach, 
Karina, Virginia. And um, yeah, just, you know, before we went to break, you know, just talking about this sort of primal fear, this fear that we can't, we won't be able to survive if we break away from a group or a family or, you know, a tribe that maybe we've outgrown and, and it's time to move on. Um, you know, I just wanted to talk about sort of my own experience with, with our show is um, before we started doing the show. I, I was trying to do a voiceover career as a living for years, and I just did not have a lot of success. and And it was frustrating and challenging. and And in therapy and and other ways that I get a lot of spiritual guidance, I started to learn about my own fear of success and my own fear of failure issues. And you know, there's a theory that I just want to talk about a little where when when people are growing up in a dysfunctional family, they get attached to the family. And then as adults, when they try and break, break away from that family or break away from some of the dynamics of the family, they're breaking away from the dysfunction and they're, they're outgrowing it and they, they want to have better lives, but they still are attached in a certain way to the dysfunction. And sometimes that can be a block to success. And so with the show, I, I found that myself just not only with family members, but other people in my life where doing the show as we got bigger and bigger, I, Callie will rem- remember in the beginning, I was really triggered by being in the spotlight and sort of um, stepping outside my comfort zone and, and being so known as fact as I have an opinion, I have thoughts, I have feelings, you know, I want to make some jokes and I want to do this in front of the world. And I had some guilt and I, I had some insecurities that were triggered because, you know, I was breaking away and doing something on my own. And I realized that one of my main issues with lack of success in my own life was the fact that I was so worried about what everyone else thought, what their opinion was, if I was going to get criticized. And Karina, it was almost like I felt like, it's not that I felt like I I couldn't survive, but I felt very threatened by that. And it's something I had to work through where I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what family members think. It doesn't matter if friends or, you know, if they have an opinion that's negative or whatever, I'm going to go on the air and do my thing. And so, again, this show has just been such an exercise for me in in facing that fear of success and failure and just doing it anyway. I love everything you just said. And I think that so many people listening can relate to all of that. And yeah, there's codependency, right? And and what happens is we live in a certain dynamic in our families and we feel safe in that. And oftentimes it's more cozy to stay in what's familiar than to go into the uncharted territory. And then we start to seek approval and then we start to realize that we're never pleasing everyone. And then it gets really scary and then we can even sabotage ourselves especially when the people we love the most start to say either, you know, you're too big for your britches or, um, you know, um, there's, there's no reason that you need to do that. Why isn't, anything, why isn't this enough for you? Or why do you have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z? Or why are you revealing to the world, you know, our, our family patterns and, and things that we keep private, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what 
what really what really is happening is that the dynamic shifts because one person changes a role and whenever we change a role in our family we become a disruptor yeah and what a disruptor is is like you know this is going to sound really gross but i want to i want to draw a picture if you think of a pimple right disruption is to rupture to break through to to actually um, kind of clean out. So if you think about a pimple and you and it you you rupture the pimple, right? Stuff's going to come out, and it's gross, and it's not comfortable, and it's not that familiar coziness. So it's almost like just leave that thing there. But when you open it, oh! So what we do is we stay in these patterns, and then we start to wonder why we're depressed, and again. The reason why we're depressed is because we're not letting that seed that we were planted with, which is our higher purpose, we're not allowing that higher purpose that our souls came here to to practice, to live into. We are choosing familiar, cozy maybe, so we think, situations in the pimple where there's no disruption and everybody just keeps, okay, you sit there, you sit there, you sit, okay, perfect. This is how we have our holidays. This is how we do it. And, yes, this is total dysfunction, but nobody even needs to know. So once we become the disruptor, we, so listen clearly to this. So this goes right back to what I was saying before. Once we become the disruptor, we feel as though we're letting go of those hands of the angels in heaven. So think about that picture that I was talking about in my meditation in my 20s, all these angels holding hands flying in love, and everything's beautiful, and it truly is in heaven. When we disrupt, we think about freeing ourselves from that, freeing ourselves from our tribe. The only way that we know tribe in the ego mind is through family or friends or keeping ourselves where we need to be in order to maintain that tribe. So it's petrifying because we're letting go of the hands. And even though we know, yeah, mom loves me, we also think, but that umbilical cord, I need it to survive. I need that umbilical cord. What about if mom... Even though she loves me, what about if she frees me now? What about if she can't love me the way that I need her to love me still? How am I going to survive? So that's why so often, you know, fear of success and fear of failure, they're, they're taken to, they're, some people say, oh, that's so shallow. And they're taken as very light kind of reactions, like, oh, stop, you know, at least you have food on your table. Well, really, to the soul, it can feel like there is not food on the table. And you were just explaining that, that you were actually scared. You were scared of making jokes on the radio. You were scared of shining brightly, having this show, and all of a sudden being separate from the tribe. Yeah, yeah. So so what if... So how do we circle back to how that can, um, you know, how you can get, how we as individuals can get more in touch with that? Like, um, I've shared a little bit, uh, well, Rob knows me well enough to know, and Karina shared a little bit of, of this with you as well. You know, when I um, try to connect with the fear of success, the fear of failure thing, and I try to do it um, as consciously as I can, and whenever a situation is presented to me, I really have to check myself to see how I'm responding or reacting to it. So... 
sometimes I'm aware of it and I can um, trace it back to these really basic, um, or I should say fundamental, raw triggers that we as humans have once we've jumped out of the sort of divine safe plane and into this earthly challenging existence, right? Because I, I mm-hmm. think what you're saying is that always, always tri- it, it always um, uh, goes back to like the feeling of betrayal, the feeling of rejection, or some very primal need about not fitting in, right? Um, yes. If you're not somebody who thinks that way day to day, uh, how do you get in touch with this? Because, I mean, even me, who can speak this language, there's plenty of times I had recently um, a situation where I was invited to do a speaking engagement about podcasts to uh, a group of um, people in the corporate world. And it was a wonderful opportunity and something that I hadn't done a lot of before. And I knew that I had all the tools between the knowledge and the comfort public speaking and the interest and the passion. But there was still a part of me that was trepidatious because it was new for me and it was a different world and a different sort of demographic than I'm used to being around. And I had to continually check myself every day as I was preparing for it to push through, but I was extremely conscious of it. So I just kept saying to myself, well, I'll feel a lot worse if I don't do it than if I do. And I know that whatever it is that's making me feel uncomfortable now, I will continue to push through and make peace with. And that's exactly what happened, and it went really well. But there's other, plenty of other situations and just an overarching, and I think about like my creative life, for example, where I feel like for as many um, accolades I've enjoyed or however you want to define success, wonderful experiences, places and situations where I've really felt like I've used a lot of my creativity or juice that I still feel like there's so much stuck in there, a huge reservoir that still hasn't been used. Um, I I hope that I'm saying that's not from a place of ego, but from authenticity. And yet mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm not consciously in touch with what the block is or if it's circumstances, perhaps it is, you know, but let's just say it's a block or let's say there's a fear of success in there. How does one become aware of the things that we're not conscious of in order to move forward? Okay. So really great questions. First of all, the only way out, right, is to move through. And the only way through is to feel the pain and heal it. I, I call it feel it and heal it. It's a good way to, to remember it. Feel it and heal it. Yeah. So the only way out is through, and the only way through is to feel it and heal it. Now, that means, oh, yeah, you got to feel the pain. You have to feel the fear. You have to let yourself go through those motions. And I know from my own experience that that fear can be so paralyzing. It can be so excruciatingly painful. I also know from my experiences in life that to repress a calling when I feel spirit calling me to do something, to repress that calling is even more painful because repress to me is to is depress. It's the same thing. And I'm very prone to going into depression when I'm not utilizing the reservoir, whatever it is. Sometimes there's just callings that I feel come over me, and if I don't express them or I don't utilize them, I go into a place of actually feeling depressed. So that reservoir you're talking about, that is absolutely not ego. 
that is absolutely your seed blossoming inside of you that wants to blossom, and it's there because you have a purpose in this world. Now, whenever we're born with a seed and we have those desires, we will also be born with the mechanics to make those desires come to fruition. That's a whole other subject for another time, but we're never given a seed without the, without the opportunity to blossom into our fullest potential, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and there there's there's a huge difference another subject between ego and reservoir the reservoir is this compelling knowing inside of us that we have something really exceptional that we need to do it's not oh wow cool look at that car if i go and get this job i'm going to get enough money and i'm going to be able to ride that thing down the road <laughs> that's very different right <laughs> So I know you, and I think everyone here knows that that you have a creative reservoir because you are an extremely gifted person, and you've been given this gift. So that's the first thing. And um, so the the second thing is to feel it and heal it, right? So, oh, gosh, this this is hard. So I'm going to bring it back to you, Callie. So you were saying that you were you know, afraid of not being worthy or afraid of not being good enough, right? So say that was your fear. Oh, boy, this is really hard. Okay, I don't know why I'm feeling this. Chances are you were seven and you were in first grade and your teacher said, you know what, Callie, whatever, this piece of art that you created really sucks and the paint's still wet and I put my hand in it and I just got it all over my desk and I think you need to, I'm hoping the teacher wouldn't really say that word, but those, that's what we remember, you know, and you need to go home and tell your mother that you disrupted this entire class today. There it goes again, that disruption. I mean, being seven and being told that you were the biggest disruptor is like, you are a bad girl, right? You are bad. And then, oh boy, I'm bad. And now I'm going to get in trouble when I get home and then I'm not going to be able to survive. I'm going to die, right? So feel it and heal it. If you don't know what it is, you still have to feel it. Where do you feel it? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, this is that one that goes right to my solar plexus. This is right in my gut. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. You know what this one is? <laughs> this one is shame. This one is not really fear. Oh, this one's guilt. This is guilt. Okay. Why do I have guilt here? Why do I have guilt? Then what happens oftentimes is we say, I have no idea. You know, we could be with the greatest therapist. Well, what happened when you were four? What ha- I don't know. Well, what happened when you were eight? I don't know. And that's where energy work comes to play. And Cal, you and I were talking about this the other day. We have imprints from our ancestors that live in our energy body. And our energy body is alive. So I'm talking about those, you know, the, the vibrations, really fast vibrations we can't see. Well, what lives outside of our physical body is a very high, fast vibration that we cannot see, but it is there. And there are people who do see auras. That's because they are able to see that vibration, right? In those auras, there are DNA imprints. There are blueprints that come from our ancestors, from our mother's mother's mother even. And so through energy work, and there's many different types of energy work, but I urge people who have tremendous blocks and who have done, you know, who have, who have exhausted therapy or exhausted, you know, reading every book there is out there and become the Amazon Prime junkies, you know, um, and, to, to, and even affirmations and all that, I urge you to 
go into the energetic of it. We're going we're gonna to interject real quickly because I know we need to go to a break. And when we come back, we will continue with ways that people can um, heal their issues with them, fear of failure and fear of success, and some other takeaways. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Robin Callie Show. So, y'all, we're coming up on like the last five minutes of the show. And uh, Karina, I wanted to get to the book. So, tell us about your book that you just published. So, it's, uh, it's called Essential Kundalini Yoga. And it is a book full of energetic healing techniques um, based on Kundalini Yoga. And there are meditations. And there, you know, a lot of what I'm talking about. Um, tips like that are in the book that you can do just from sitting in a chair or there's other exercises that are more physical. But it is a book that w- that was created with the intention of healing ourselves energetically. Fantastic. That sounds great. So I can attest to it being a beautiful book. I've had I've had the pleasure of um, of having my very own copy, and have read it and it's um, and referred to it, and it's really really beautiful. I think that there are also um, some tips, and there are at least some parts of your modality, Karina. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we have very limited time right now. That can apply if we want to circle back just to give our listeners um, maybe one or two very simple concrete takeaways when it comes to their own processing their. Fear and fear, fear of failure and fear of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can I just teach something so quick that everybody can do right now? Sure. In thirty seconds. Sure. Is that what you were asking me to do, Callie, or did I misunderstand you? Yeah, please. No, go for it. If it's something we can do briefly, I, I was just um, wanting to know if it was something that people could refer in in your book. Also, yeah. So uh, I'll know, teach. I'm going to. Sh- Okay, so I'll, I'll teach you something called the miracle breath, and it is in the book. And there are other things like this in the book. So we're all going to do this together. Close your eyes. Let your eyes roll up and inward. You're focusing at the point between your eyebrows. This quiets the mind by stimulating the optic nerve. Just gaze. You can feel a little nauseous at first when you do this, but see if you can get beyond the nausea. Make your lips kind of pucker like you are a fish. Suck air in through your mouth and just suck it in like it's a straw. Suck it all the way, all the way in, all the way to the base of the spine. So you want to bring that breath really low into the belly, drawing that diaphragm down, 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 down. Hold the breath. Keep your eyes closed. Keep looking at that third eye point. Bring the tip of the tongue to your upper palate, the top of your mouth. Close your mouth. Hold until you can't hold it anymore. Relax your shoulders. And now very slowly... Let the breath go. Very, very, very slowly. Release the breath. Great. Oh, that's that's really good. I'm definitely more relaxed. Um, I just wanted to get back to something that, Karina, you were talking about before, and, and just to remind everybody as far as another takeaway, is to honor yourself, whatever it is. You're an artist, you're a teacher, you're uh, a business person. Whatever it is in your life that you feel you're meant to do, one of the reasons why you're here on Earth Go where it's warm within yourself and go where it's warm with other people who support you in that to, to honor yourself. So we're getting to the end of the show. Um, Karina, where can people contact you? My website is com. It's K-A-R. 
E-N-A, virginia.com. And there's a contact sheet there, and feel free to reach out. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, and your book is available at Amazon and, and, and bookstores, right? Exactly. Okay, excellent. And I really recommend everybody go to Karina's website. Check out all the cool stuff she has on the website, things she's doing, things she's done in the past. Just the yoga video alone is going to get me to a yoga class very soon. So thank you so much for being on the show, Karina. Really appreciate it. You were great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And bless you all. Bless you as well, sister. And Callie, uh, there's some things you want to go over before the end of the show. A little business. First of all, Karina, we love you, and thank you so much for joining us tonight because I, I can't get enough of listening to you talk, so thank you. Um, <laughs> um, we'd also like to just mention one more time, just in the name of the other project that Karina and I have worked on together, um, if you guys want to check out some beautiful uh, um, transformative uh, content in, the vid- in video form. There's beautiful films. There's very inspirational videos on there. It's consciousgoodsoneword.com. And Karina and I have launched a, um, a podcast that I'll be hosting every Thursday. We roll out a different show. And it's called In Conscious Company. And you can enjoy more of Karina there as well. And then we also wanted to say we're so excited that for our show next week, next Tuesday, March 21st, we have Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And on um, the last Tuesday of March, on March 28th, we have psychic medium John Edward, which is going to also be a really interesting conversation. I had a um, sort of a pre-conversation with him today, and I'm really, really excited. He's got some really, really cool stuff to say. Yeah, hmm, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We got some cool guests, including tonight's guest, Karina Virginia. Thank you so much for being on the show. Callie, thanks for everything you said. Ladies, thank you both. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care, y'all. <laughs>